Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Los Angeles. It's the Dodgers 7, the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And, ooh, do we have to talk about this one? I mean, did, ew, man, two hits on the day for the Guardians. Do we do We have to talk? Ramirez wasn't even playing. Do we have to talk about this one? I mean, can, can we talk about there was some breaking Game of Thrones news? Can we talk about who the Cavs are going to draft? Uh, you know, can we? is there anything else going on in your life you need to talk about and get off your chest? Uh, you guys want to hear what's going on in the wild adventures of parenting a two-month-old who is not joining us today. He is sleeping in his crib this morning. So, uh, no, we have to talk about the game. We've got to because Cal Quantrill, one of our guys, was out there going against the Dodgers, who apparently he struggled with most of his career. According to Mandy Bell's article, he's got an ERA over seven against the Dodgers. I'm guessing a lot of that stems from his time pitching in the San Diego system. And uh, yeah, it did not go well for the Guardians at all. Not only was Ramirez out, if you didn't hear, he's dealing with some thumb soreness. He apparently uh, jammed his thumb about a week ago. It it was kind of bothering him up to bat, and they figured with an off day on Monday, let's give him some rest. I'm sure the Fox executives who decided to put the Guardians and Dodgers on national TV went, what? What? You're not going to play Mookie Betts or Jose Ramirez in this game that we've picked up on national TV, that we have all these advertisers lined up for, and you're telling me two MVP frontrunners, Betts and Ramirez, are not playing? So I'm sure the Fox executives weren't too happy about that, but they decided, okay, look, if we rest him today, maybe we rest him on Sunday as well. He gets the off day on Monday. Let's that thumb calm down a little bit. If that thing is barking and bothering him, it's understandable, right? I mean, Ramirez is about as close to superhuman as it gets on a baseball field, but it's understandable. So without him in the lineup, plus the lefty out there, he does clear the bench. This time Jimenez gets to stay in. It does not work. So does Quan. Uh, it's Naylor who gets the day off. And, uh, Yeah, so without Ramirez and without Naylor and without Reyes, you know, who's still on the IL, your your three big power hitters in the middle of that lineup, it gets really thin really fast. I mean, Mercado was hitting fifth in this lineup today. I don't know why he decided to jump Mercado up to fifth, but Mercado was jumping, hitting fifth in this lineup. That shows you how bad things were for the Guardians in this one. And we have to face a lefty again today on the Sunday finale. Three lefties in a row. Are the Dodgers just a terrible matchup for the Guardians? Man. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a rough day. Let's get into the storylines. The top storyline of the day for me is that it's not the off. It's not how bad the offense was. We'll talk about that in a second. It's Cal Quantrill. we got to talk about Cal Quantrill because he gets... His, he kind of gets his butt kicked on this day. He goes five innings. He fights through five innings. Uh, frankly, just literally doing it to try to save the bullpen a little bit. Gives up 10 hits. Uh, he's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 times. Gives up five runs, five earned, a walk, four strikeouts, and a two-run home run given up. Uh, you know, we talk about the solo home runs versus the crooked number home runs. It wasn't going to matter on this day. The Dodgers were winning this game. Uh, they rallied for three in the second off them, two in the third off of them. 
he's able to get through the five innings. The bullpen gives up another two runs uh, to get you to that seven to one final. So what was different about this start than the last start for Cal Quantrill? Last start was against the Athletics. So, yeah, you're telling me right there, Davey, of course, he pitches good against the Athletics. He struggles against the Dodgers. We're not shocked by this. Yes. It was also that he was pitching at home against those Athletics, and he was pitching on the road against those Dodgers. Apparently, that's a thing with Cal Quantrill. I was not aware of this. Again, clicking through, uh, actually, no, I think on the broadcast they said it. I think in the highlights I caught this where they mentioned his home and road splits. So I went and checked it out. He is 3-0 on the season at home. He's 1-4 on the road. He's got a 3-1-6 ERA at home, a 4.41 ERA on the road. You're starting to see here, this is not going well on the road. It's six starts at both. Um, the whip, walk hits per innings pitched, 1.05 at home. Very good. 1.47 on the road. Okay, you're starting to see some struggles here. The strikeout-to-walk ratio is significantly uh, better at home than it is on the road. Uh, it's a, At home, it's 11 walks to 26 strikeouts. On the road, it's 12 walks to 18 strikeouts. So you can see many more strikeouts to walks uh, at home. Uh, so yeah, so that is this year, smaller sample size. We jump back to 2021, and uh, not surprisingly, these things have carried over. At home last year, he was 6-0 at home with a 2.35 ERA. He did have more starts at home, 14 starts compared to 8 on the road. He On the road, he was 2-3 with a 3.75 ERA, a point and a half higher, almost a point and a half higher on the road than he was at home. I mean, that's sparkling at home. 2.35 ERA, he had a 1.08 whip at home, a 1.34 whip on the road. I mean, not a terrible whip at 1.34, but still uh, significantly higher. And again, that strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, it was at, on, at home, it was 24 walks to 76 strikeouts. On the road, it was 23 walks to only 45 strikeouts. So you can see a big difference there in that ratio. So, uh, yeah, these things have carried over. I mean, if we do make it to the playoffs, if we, you know, we make it to the playoffs, and I'm Terry Francona, I'm saying, when are the home games? Because that's when Cal Quantrill is pitching. He's not necessarily my number two or my number three starter. He's my at-home starter. Are we starting that series at home? He's pitching one of those first two games. Are we starting the series on the road? I'm holding him. He's my third or fourth starter. I'm not letting that guy pitch on the road in the playoffs if I can avoid it. Because um, the splits are that significant. It, re it really is something going on there. Um, the other thing, all right, what was the difference between the Athletics and the Dodgers? What did Cal Quantrill do differently? And I think it was locating the cutter. I think against the Athletics, if I go back over to the illustrator here, um... Cal Quantrill was throwing that cutter to the edges a little more. Whereas against the Dodgers, there's a significant amount of cutters right down the middle. And guess what? Those cutters were getting hit. They were. Those pitches were getting hit. A lot of the hits he gave up on the day, Bellinger single, a cutter down the middle, uh, a cutter to Freddie Freeman that gets hit for a double, a cutter to Justin Turner at the knees but down the middle that gets hit for a double. A single to Will Smith, a cutter at the knees, but down the middle. Uh, Trey Turner's home run was a changeup. 
He threw a changeup inside to Trey Turner. Apparently, again, according to the Dodgers broadcast, I did not look this up. Trey Turner crushes inside pitching. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, got a cutter uh, for a single that was up and out of the plate. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, the cutter got hit around. Uh, Chris Taylor's double was a sinker, was a two-seamer. So, the cutter got hit around a lot. Uh, yeah, Bellinger singled twice off the cutter. So, cutters in the middle of the plate were getting hit, and th- that was a big difference. I mean, if we go to the player breakdown here, now against the Athletics, again, show you how good that cutter was. Uh, he threw it 34 times. He threw the two-seamer a little more in that game. In this game against the Dodgers, he actually throws the cutter. It's equal, 41 times each for the two-seamer and the cutter. Uh, against the Athletics, he had seven whiffs on 15 swings. It's a 47% whiff rate. Add in five called strikes. It's a 35% CSW. They only put three cutters in play, and they had an average exit velocity of 79 mile per hour exit velocity off of the cutter. Now, go to the Dodgers game. They only have three whiffs on 21 swing, swings. It's a 14% whiff rate. It's a 17% CSW total on that pitch. They put it in play 12 times with an average exit velocity of 94.8. So, yeah, big difference there on the cutter uh, in this game against the Dodgers than the last time out against the Athletics. And if we just go back to his StatCast page, we can see that the cutter just has not been as effective this year. Uh, last year, it was a minus 11 run value. This year, it's a plus 2 run value. Uh, the batting average off it is higher. It was 201 batting average off it last year. It's up to 229 this year. They're slugging about the same on it. Um, the expected weighted on base percentage is a little bit higher this year off it. Um, yeah, he's still getting the same whiff rate on it, 28 and change. Uh, but the uh, expected batting average and all those things are slightly higher. Um, the velocity on it uh, this year is a little bit faster. Um, I take that back. It's down a little bit. It's just under 88 miles per hour, where last year was just over 88 miles per hour. The active spin. Now, I don't know exactly all these spin numbers here. I'm still trying to learn these spin numbers on StatCast. But the active spin last year on it was 36%. The active spin on it this year is 42%. The total movement last year was 6.1 inches. The total movement this year is 6.9 inches. And the spin angle, uh, you know, they kind of judge this like hours on a clock, on the face of a clock, uh, has moved about 15 degrees. So I don't know. I, I don't know if any of this stuff is significant. Um the deviation between the spin base and the observed spin is slightly less this year. I, I don't know if any of this stuff is super significant to the success of the cutter, but the numbers are different on that pitch last year versus this year. They're slightly different, right? Half a mile per hour, a few degrees of active spin, a little bit of the angle of the pitch is slightly different. I don't know if that's an arm slot, arm angle thing. What it is, a release point thing, I don't know. But I'm just letting you know that the data on StatCast is showing us that that pitch is slightly different from last year. And he's having much worse success with it. Uh, it was a much better pitch last year. So I'm not exactly sure what that 
all means for Cal Quantrill, but there is a difference there. So it's something to keep an eye on. We'll see if his next start comes at home or if it comes on the road. Uh, if I do some quick math here, uh, you know, he's not going to pitch in the next four games. His next start should come at home against Boston. So we'll see if those home and road splits, you know, show their head. We'll see if the cutter is any better, if he's getting those whiffs on the cutter, if he's locating it on the edges a little better than he did against the Dodgers here, where he left some right down the middle. So that's the top storyline of the game for me. The other thing about the Athletics game versus this game, I I almost missed this one, was the ground ball to fly ball ratio. In this game uh, against the Dodgers, he gave up way more fly balls. His ground ball to fly ball ratio was one ground ball to six flyouts. Now, that's significantly different than the last time he pitched against Oakland. Remember, pitching at home this time, his ground ball to fly ball ratio, seven ground balls, zero flyouts. That's a that's a huge difference. I mean, is that something right there? Uh, not getting those ground balls. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I know sometimes we get lost in the whole week and we don't. It's hard to follow up on these things. But will he get the ground balls again against Boston? Because much better pitcher, obviously, when you're getting those ground balls as opposed to those fly balls. And clearly, uh, you know, seeing how many hard hit balls there were, uh, yeah, those fly balls, uh, you know, getting the ball up in the air, you're going to see a lot more doubles and home runs and things like that uh, than those ground balls are going to cost. So let's see if he gets back to getting those ground ball outs uh, against Boston the next time he pitches. Uh, It's a rough day for Quantrill. It was not a rough day for Urias on the other side. Uh, Julio Urias, who has been a, you know, playoff star for the Dodgers. Uh, he's still a cred- incredibly young guy. Um, he's been doing it for a while for the Dodgers. Uh, he carved us up pretty good. It's six innings pitched, only two hits, one run, completely unearned, uh, two walks, six strikeouts. On only 87 pitches, he's hard hit twice. Twice, the whole game. He's hard hit twice. I mean, geez, when you talk about Ramirez and Naylor not being in this lineup, it loses its punch. This lineup lost its punch. Straw from the top of the lineup gave you nothing. He did not get on base at all. Ahmed Rosario did deliver a double. He did score the game's first run after drawing a first inning walk. In fact, they score in the first inning. They kick off the first inning without a hit. Ahmed Rosario draws a walk. Owen Miller draws a walk. Uh, and then a ground ball that uh, goes through the second baseman, who was playing second base for them yesterday, Max Muncy, that basically goes through the wickets, uh, through the legs, off the bat of Mercado. Oscar Mercado drives in that run. After Gonzalez had struck out, uh, Mercado drives. He hit it 97.3, so he did have a hard hit ball off the lefty. And Mercado, Frankly, Mercado, I hate to say it, we talked about this when Reyes is back, and he might be back Tuesday, as early as Tuesday. Uh, We thought Mercado had a chance to be a DFA'd. I gotta say that Oscar Gonzalez goes one for four with an infield hit and three more strikeouts. It's going to be a tough decision between do you DFA Mercado or does Oscar Gonzalez maybe find himself back down in AAA, getting more at-bats, continued regular playing time at AAA. 
He's been striking out a lot lately. Uh, Gonzalez is really struggling against breaking stuff. I I would not be shocked now at this point if Gonzalez maybe goes back to AAA. And Mercado sticks around to get up there against lefties to be a defensive replacement. Uh, you know, Mercado has some tools you can use off the bench, pinch running. Uh, yeah, Gonzalez... Uh, and that frees Naylor. I don't want to see Naylor in right field, but it does free some things up for Naylor to play some more right field or even Reyes to play some right field. Uh, so I'm not going to be shocked at this point. I, I would prefer Gonzalez to stay here, and I'd prefer to him to figure out which breaking balls to swing at and which ones to lay off. But uh, it might have to happen down in AAA. I'm just warning you. I'm just preparing you for the fact that Reyes is probably coming back Tuesday and that a decision is going to be made on that Monday off day. So, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty punchless lineup. So Rosario and Gonzalez with an infield hit are the only two hits on the day. Nothing from the bottom of the lineup. Ofers from Mercado, Jimenez, Clement, Quan, and Hedges. Not even a walk drawn from any of those guys. In fact, after who Arias walks the two guys in the first inning, I mean, he settles down. No more walks given up after that point uh, and really finds a groove. So it's a good job by him. Again, it's not eye-popping CSW numbers. Um, he, uh, he, you know, six strikeouts is nice, but it's not like earth-shattering stuff. I can tell you he was ultra-aggressive with his breaking ball. He was not throwing that curveball out of the zone too much. He was throwing it for strikes. There are a ton of blue curveballs here on the Illustrator right in the strike zone. Kind of pounds it inside to some of those right-handed hitters um, and away to the lefties. Kind of throws the curveball to the uh, to the glove side for the left-handed pitcher. A lot of times you see the slider out there, but Urias doesn't use a slider. It's fastball curve change. So he lets that curve kind of have a little bit of horizontal movement to it and come across uh, to the glove side of the plate, leaves that changeup on the arm side of the plate, and throws that fastball over, all over. It's really aggressive. Threw a ton of pitches in the zone yesterday. Were they turning into strikes? Well, yeah, they were on the uh, curveball. 35% whiff rate. Add in a few called strikes. It's a 34% CSW on that pitch. A 31% CSW on the fastball. Again, a bunch of called strikes on that. It's good for a 31% CSW total on the day, which is pretty good. It's That's fair. That's a fair start, a 31% CSW. But it's the exit velocity here. Averaged 85.8 mile per hour exit velocity off the four-seam fastball. Averaged a 79.9 average exit velocity off the curveball. Uh, did hit a few change, uh, one change up hard. Only one change up was put in play. Uh, and so it's a total of 85% exit velocity on the day for the Guardians. So just not squaring up many baseballs on the day for the Guardians. So, I mean, that was your offense for the Guardians. They score without getting a hit. And then, frankly, they can't get any hits. Uh they talked about in the post game. Manny Bell's article had a ton about Ramirez not being there. It shouldn't be this bad, though. Maybe it was a little bit of a shock not to have him in the lineup, but it shouldn't have been this bad. So uh, the starter today is not Julio Urias. Thank, thankfully, 
we're going to get a little bit of a repeat here. It's Heaney uh, going for the Dodgers. Um, so it's not this playoff. I, I want to say playoff veteran, but Urias is still such a young guy. Uh, Heaney is someone that has uh, played for the Dodgers for a long time. Uh but has not obviously been a name that's been uh, you know super big. He's not one of their all star pitchers or anything like that. But he has some been someone that's given him starts, given him innings. Uh, he's been pitching with them since 2015. He made his debut in 2014 with Miami, so he's been around for a long time. Uh, he's had two starts this year. He's one to know. He has not given up a run yet in ten innings. So uh, I guess oh he's given up one unearned run. So far, so I guess the Guardians are going to have their work cut off for them uh, against a guy who uh, has gotten off to a decent start so far this season. But we've got Bieber, we've got our ace on the mound, so uh, you know we definitely have a chance to still win this series. This is not over yet. Um, there were some ugly defensive plays from the Guardians, not really errors, but uh, Turner drove one in the left center field. Uh, Quan just can't snag it with the glove, just reaches out and cannot knock the ball down with his glove. So he ends up on third base. The throw comes all the way into home, but it's a bad throw coming home, try to get the runner. So it wasn't, it wasn't an error. It wasn't even that sloppy. It just was a kind of ugly defensive play for the Guardians, and then Sandlin has one where he rushes a throw, he gets one that's chopped back to him, he's able to knock it down, but it ends up behind the mound, he rushes, I think we've seen him do this before, where he hopped off the mound, recovered a ball, and then threw a strike, a missile to first base to get the runner, doesn't happen here, he comes up with a ball behind the mound, and fires way wide at first base, that allowed a run to come into score, I believe that was that run in the seventh inning, um, so yeah, so Castro struggles. So Castro is up here. Pilkington went down. Castro is coming in to give another relief arm. And it probably it's going to be Castro going back down once um, Savali is ready to make his next start, which could be in a few days. So Castro was here to just provide a relief arm. And when you're down 5-1 at this point, I guess it doesn't hurt that he comes in. It hurts that he walked three people. So Anthony Castro not doing himself any favors to try to stick around in the majors by walking three people, by walking in a run. That's not great. Ghost is able to come in. He does give up a walk, but he does get two strikeouts. Uh, Sandlin has that error that lets a run come in, but he also has two strikeouts and a walk. He's still working through his command issues. Henches then goes in, pitches a clean uh, eighth inning with a strikeout on only 11 pitches. So it's more good relief pitching from Sam Hedges. All right, I think that is everything that I could squeeze out of this game. It just, like I said, do you want to talk about the Game of Thrones news? There might be a sequel series coming. Do you, do you want to follow up on what's going on with uh, the Kenobi TV show? I'm about to start it. I'm about to start the Kenobi TV show. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I can tell you some fun adventures that I've had with the dog recently. I mean... Really, let's, you know, this game is not worth dragging on about. So I'm going to wrap the podcast up here. Let's all enjoy Father's Day. Hey, it's my first Father's Day. Uh, I'll let you know uh, how it goes. I I kind of asked for something for my Father's Day present. So I've got a pretty cool Father's Day present coming uh, for my first Father's Day. And uh, 
So yeah, so go enjoy Father's Day. Go have a game of catch with your dad somewhere or with your son uh, or with your daughter. Uh, so go enjoy the day. Uh, let's see. Let's go enjoy Bieber now. Uh, it's back on Belly Sports. So those of you who struggled to find it on national TV and on streaming services, and I know some of you still struggle to find it on Belly Sports, frankly. Uh, and it's back to your regular programming. Uh, you'll get to enjoy Andre Knott and Manning and Underwood uh, having their little three-way conversation in the booth. Uh, let's go enjoy Bieber. And, you know, if we pull out this win today, if Bieber can get it done today, if whatever the lineup looks like today can get it done against Heaney, I think we're just going to forget about this Urias game, this Quantrill game, right? We'll say we took two, three out, two out of three of the Dodgers. What happened in the third game? Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. We took two out of three from the Dodgers. So let's see. Let's go get it done. We could still go win this series. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to make this a successful road trip. I mean, after sweeping the Rockies, you know, frankly, whatever happened against the Dodgers is going to happen against the Dodgers. Um, All right. That is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. We will be back tomorrow to see how Bieber did to let you know how Father's Day went. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>